Hey, Ed, come check out my North Star Christmas tree topper at Levitate's. Is this a gummy bear? Yeah, we lost baby Jesus. Hey, check out these LED lights. I have them synced up to a 76-hour all-Christmas music playlist. There's my little Christmas DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you waiting till Christmas is over so you can go buy a new nativity set when they're on sale? Huh? No, no, oh no. We lost baby Jesus like 11 years ago. Is, is baby Jesus always a gummy bear? Oh, no, oh, we trade it out every year. Yeah, like uh, last year it was a uh, tiny troll doll. <laughs> and the year before that we used a uh, dog treat. They were the perfect size, but <laughs> Dalton kept taking them and eating them. You, you mean your dog kept stealing them? No, my son Dalton, he loves those dog treats. Especially the peanut butter ones. There was one year that we used a, uh, a doll head. That was creepy. We, we made a modeling clay, baby Jesus. So the dog took that one too. Um, one year we got desperate and used an ice cube. That was a mess and a mess. Yeah, just seems like everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never lasts. Say that again. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to last. And? And what? Say it again, slowly. Why? Just do it, dulcimo, slowly, do it. I don't understand what's happening. Just do it. This is getting weird. Say it! Fine! But when I'm done saying this, you're gonna march in here and you're gonna watch my star levitate. Fine, 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 fine. do it. Fine. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I don't know about you, but that doll head, Oof. creepy, creepy. All right, well, I love the skit guys, they crack me up. But uh, you know the story, uh, what, the, what he said, totally accurate. There is no way to replace Jesus, right? There's only one. There's only one Jesus, only one Lord. He is unique, he is different, and he is something that the world for thousands of years waited for and something that we are blessed to have, right? We are blessed to have him. The Jewish people waited for a thousand years or more for their coming Messiah as described by their prophets, this, this calling of this person coming that would deliver them from the tyranny of darkness and the tyranny of the world that would restore them to, their, to the place right next to the, the hand of God, to be His people once again, to be a shining light, to be a blessing onto the world. They call, he called for that. The prophets repeatedly called for that. And they waited. And they anticipated. The word Advent, which is what we're calling this next set of lessons this time of year, means simply that. It means to anticipate, to hope for, to desire, to want, to expect. That's all it is. But is that really all? <laughs> Do I just stop there and just say, that's it, it's Advent, we're anticipating the coming of Christ? Of course not. You guys didn't pay for that, right? It came for me to talk about more than that. 
This, this month, we're going to talk about, we're going to choose to say, over the course of this month, we are going to try to put ourselves in the place that the people of God were when Jesus was preparing to come. And that's a hard thing to do because that was a couple thousand years ago, right? It's a long time. But, but I, I think it's important that we do that because I do think, as glibly and as hilariously as those guys did that video, I do think we try to put things in place of Jesus. We too try to substitute in a cheap facsimile. Maybe it's the right gift. Maybe if I just buy all the right gifts, then I can have that feeling of com completion because I'm giving. Or maybe it's if I all buy all the right toys, right? If I buy all the right things for me, the right guitars, depending on who we're talking to, right? I just bought one too, so shh. My wife's not in here, right? No, she saw it. She knows. Um, <laughs> she knows. She knows. Um, oh, she's right there. Hi, wife. You did know, right? Yeah. yeah, she knows. All right. So, so, but it's not that. You're not going to find healing. You're not going to find completion. You're not going to find love. And you surely are not going to find salvation separately from this one unique person and his one unique act. Amen. And so, as we do this, as we walk through this next month, this time of anticipation, we need to be cognizant of that, that, that the, the world is going to bombard us, especially this month, probably started a lot on Black Friday, right? It's going to bombard us a lot with, if you just buy this, then you're going to find all the happiness, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, right? You're going to find all the things you'd ever want in this world. Your life will be complete until it isn't, right? And we laugh at that. We laugh at that off the top of our head. We go, no, 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 seriously, I know, I know. That was clearly a gummy bear in the nativity scene. I know that's not Jesus. I know that I can't replace him with those things. And yet sometimes I think we really do still try. We really do still try. The people of God did that before Jesus got there. They tried to replace the presence of the Lord with many things. As Moses came down from Mount Sinai with tablets with, from, written by the finger of, finger of God, the Ten Commandments, and he finds them. He'd only been gone for a month, 40 days, right? He finds his people doing what? They'd already fashioned a golden calf and said, we don't know when Moses is coming back. We need to make our own God and off we go. That was less than a month or a little over a month. They completely lost their way in a little over a month because they had tried to fill the gap with something else. In the 400 years preceding Jesus, the prophets who we spoke of earlier actually stopped speaking. And over those intervening 400 years, the list of people that claim to be the Messiah is exhaustive. I couldn't even begin to list the number of people that claim to be this Messiah. And people would grab onto it and they would hold on to it. They would run to that thing or that person and say, surely this is it. Surely this is what is going to deliver us. Surely. 
And we, I think we delude ourselves if we act like, well, that was them. How silly could they be? How dumb could they be? Guess what? I'm not so smart myself. We will run for all kinds of things that are not the genuine article, that are not the one and only, that are not that thing that will deliver us, that person that does provide salvation for us. We will run to anything that's bright and shiny that we think will give us something we want rather than waiting for the thing that we need. And so as we're going through this month, you're going to be bombarded with the ideas of things just, if I get what I want here, I get what I want there, I get this or I get that, it's going to fix everything. Guess what? It's not. The only thing is Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that will bring you salvation, that will bring you love, that will bring you peace, patience, joy, kindness, understanding. I can keep going. It's the only thing that will bring you that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so because if we can't get that far, we're in trouble. So let's focus on those things. We're going to focus this week on his message, the miraculous message that, I'm sorry, the miraculous moment, the time in which he came. Why did Jesus come when he did? He came for a good reason when he came. Then we're going to, next week, we're going to focus on the message. Why is this message so incredible, so unique, so different, and so powerful? Then we're going to focus on the method, the way he went about this, because I promise you, nobody expected the coming king, the, the Messiah, the leader, the ruler to die. Nobody expected that, and yet he did. And through his death, we all get life right? And then finally, we're going to talk about the manger, the power of this, the way he came into the world. And then we hope you will join us for our Christmas Eve service where we will, we will light that final candle commemorating the coming of the Christ child, and we will celebrate together as we sing hymns and we play music and we pray and we consider just the sheer gravity of our Messiah. So this week we focus on the moment because it was at the right moment that Jesus came into the world. He didn't come before, he didn't come after, he came when he should have. We just finished our study in the book of Galatians. It says Galatians 4, 4 and 5, when the time came to completion or the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. This time came to completion, the fullness of time. The first time uh, we had a child, because we have, we have three, the first time we had a child, I don't know about you, but I was a train wreck. <laughs> I was a train wreck from the minute my wife showed me the pregnancy test. I was a train wreck going I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is not going to work. This is going to be very bad. Are we going to survive? How could you possibly survive a little thing, right? How could you do that? Well, people have done it for millions of years. However, that doesn't click in Rob's head when he's presented with it, right? None of you felt that when you had your first child? You didn't know what you were going to do? As I'm watching my wife get more and more pregnant, I'm going, it's coming. Oh, it's got to come out of there eventually. We're in trouble. 
I'm in trouble. What am I going to do? We get to the hospital and the baby is born. And Heather will tell you, I would not hold my daughter. I was like, she's going to break. If I touch her, she's going to drop. She's going to break. Finally, the nurse had to grab me and go, here, hold your daughter. I got to go. Ah! Right? But the truth is, Rachel came into this world exactly when she was supposed to. Right? Now, I'm sure Heather would have liked to have come a week sooner because she was a little late. 11 days, right? Something like that. She's 11 days late. But the reality is, she needed to bake that long. (laughs) Because as scared as I was, there is something about looking in your child's eyes and just your heart just melts, right? It just melts. And I would be lying if I said all my fears went away. They didn't. I was still scared, still scared I'm going to break it until she fell off three feet down off a dresser once and she didn't break. And I was like, holy cow, they don't break, right? (laughs) It's awesome. But I was still afraid I was going to break it. But the reality is that there is a time here. There is a a right amount of time for a child to to be developed before it is born. There is a, a right amount of time that, we, that God needed in order for him to show up, in order to have the biggest impact, in order for it to be right. See, he first had to show up after his people understood their need for him, after humility had entered the picture. And way back in 1 Samuel chapter 8, we see the people of God as, as Samuel the prophet is nearing his death and he's, he's getting old and he's about to die and he's... He is saying, I'm about to appoint new people. His sons didn't fit the bill. He tried to appoint his sons, but his sons did not walk in the Lord. They did some things they shouldn't have done. And the people of God come to Samuel and they say, look, you're about to die. You're about to die. We need a king. And Samuel says, you don't need a king because you have the Lord. And they said, but everybody else around us has a king. We want a king. And he said, you don't need a king. And he was upset. In fact, it says here in verses 69, it says, when they said, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand wrong. And so he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. I wonder about that when, when we're spreading the gospel to G, of Jesus Christ. We are often, I think, more concerned about us being rejected. We do not keep in mind that it is the Lord that is being rejected when people do not come to know Him through our discussions. They are doing the same thing to you that they have done to me since the day I brought them out of Egypt. Remember Moses' desert turning on them? Yep, yeah, there it is. Until this day, abandoning me and worshiping other gods but solemnly warn them and tell them about the customary rights of the king who will reign over them. And then Samuel goes into this massive discussion about, okay, if you have a king, guess what the king's going to do? The king's going to take all your pretty daughters. The king's going to take all of your sons who can fight in a war. 
The king is going to take a portion of your money. The king is going to do this. The king is going to do that. The king is going to make your life nowhere near what you want it to be. I'm just asking you to follow the Lord. And the people said what? Give us a king anyways. He lines up all the bads, everything that could go wrong, and he says, they say, give us a king anyways. They wanted what they wanted, and they wanted to do it their way, and they didn't want to listen to what the Lord had planned for them. I don't know about you, but I really like doing things my way. Do you like doing things your way? Of course you do. If you didn't do, want, like doing it your way you would do it differently, or you would let somebody else do it for you, which I do sometimes, right? One of the, the greatest pieces of advice my wife will tell you my mom gave her when we got married was that when I started to help out in the house and do the laundry, um, I don't do the laundry the way she does the laundry. I don't separate anything. <laughs> See? See? Guilty as charged, right? Okay. But the number of people in this room that just went, ugh, right? I didn't separate anything. Well, she separates everything because that's just what you're supposed to do. I'm trained now. I do that now, okay? But I didn't, except when she's not home and I've just got to do all the laundry and she's in Minnesota or something. It's just me and Josh. We're getting it all done. So, shh, don't tell her I said that. So, um, I know my daughter's like, she's right here. I know she's, okay. So the, <laughs> the point would be, I'm sure she was frustrated with the way I did the laundry. I'm sure she was frustrated with the way I cleaned the house because she will still tell you I don't clean the house the way I should, okay? My version of clean is not her version of clean. Guilty as charged, yes? Anybody else guilty of that? Yeah, okay. But my mom told her early on, apparently when she was venting about the ridiculous nature of her son, right? She was yelling at my mother about me, not yelling, just talking. And my mom said to, me, said to her, don't criticize the help or they stop helping, right? Don't criticize the help or they stop helping. Is that true? Yeah, totally true. And I think most of us who are well, guys, um, try to think of a better way to say it. I'm just telling you, we have very fragile egos, and if you criticize the way we do something, we're more than likely going to go, then you can do it yourself, right? Okay. Huh? What'd you say? Oh, my gosh. You know, normally, normally Barb, I say I'm going to pray for you. Today, I'm going to pray for Jerry. Today, I'm going to pray for Jerry. So, <laughs> so oh my goodness. You t I love you too. You know that? You're good for comic relief for me. So, the point would be the people of God, I think, sometimes did and do criticize the help because the help doesn't show up exactly how they want it to show up. And the people of God had to, I really think, had to go through this season of trying to do it their own way before they would be willing to say, okay, God, 
I'm ready for you to give me the help I need and not necessarily the help I want. They needed to go through that because they're humans and they're stubborn and because they like to do it their way. And so they did. For thousands of years, they tried it their way. King after king, and if you read through the scriptures, it's a list, a litany of kings that did evil in the sight of the Lord. (laughs) A litany of kings that constantly pulled them away from the Lord, only to be snapped back by a king here and there that would remind them whose they were. And they really had to get to the place where they had to stop seeing their way of looking at the world as being the right way and start to humbly approach the Lord and say that His way is the right way. I really believe they had to go through that, and I really believe sometimes we have to do that too. The question is, how stubborn are we going to be? Are we going to learn the lessons that the Scriptures teach us, or are we going to have to do it all ourselves and experience all all ourselves before we turn to God? And I, I hate to say it, but sometimes I'm the stubborn one who says, I'm going to do it my way, my way, my way, my way until I have no other option. Bad plan. Humility was required from his people before he was to come. But then I say he also showed up during the explosion, the timing, the global timing here, the timing of the Roman Empire. I don't know that you could have picked a better time to show up. This is a a map of the Mediterranean Sea and the Roman Empire at its height. At the time of Jesus, it it was very much smaller than that. It was just a tiny loop around Italy and parts of Greece and into Israel and parts of northern Africa. It was tiny. But God knew. God knew they were going to build 250,000 miles of roads. God knew that their kingdom was going to expand, was going to blow up into Europe and into England and down into northern parts of northern Africa. There are parts of Ethiopia right now that can, that can identify their lineage in the Christian faith from the time of Christ until now, unbroken, because God knew that was going to happen. They didn't. We didn't. They did. He did. He knew that was going to happen. I I don't think when people say to me, why did he come when he did? Because Acts 1.8 says he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That doesn't happen if Jesus shows up a thousand years earlier, without boats, without roads. If you don't think God won't leverage what's going on in the world to spread His name, to glorify His name and spread the gospel, you're wrong. He has absolutely used the United States for that. Absolutely used the United States for that. Because it is, is missionaries from the United States for the last 150 years that have gone out into the world and spread the gospel to the far corners of the globe, right? He has used the United States for that. We have done nothing to earn it. 
We are not more holy than anybody else. But he has taken, he has taken the reality of our country and the, the present or the, the, the state of our economy and the state of the world and said, look, I'm going to do something amazing through it and with it. And that's exactly what he did with the Roman Empire. He said, I'm waiting until the right time. I will send the Savior when you're ready, and I will send the Savior at the right time. And that's exactly what he did. The question is, was it worth waiting for? Because I tell you, in the moment, they were not wanting to wait for it. <laughs> do you want to wait for it? When you're in pain, do you want to wait for that to happen, for healing to happen? I'm going to say no, right? When you're ill, do you want to wait to be better? Absolutely not. When you're sad, do you want to wait to be happy? When you're tired, do you want to wait to be full of energy? No. But Jesus had to come when it was going to make the biggest difference. And his people had to wait for it. Um, if you saw the slide up, up earlier, we're asking a couple more people to join the, the pastor um, search team. And I'd love to have a couple more people involved. We have five. We'd love to have a couple more. That's my pitch for it. If God is leading you to it, I will not ask you because I want the Spirit to ask you, not Rob to ask you. But I really think, as excited as I am about adding somebody to the body here who can help us grow and do incredible things for the Lord, I fully believe it's going to take way longer than I would ever want it to. And I have to be comfortable with that because it's God's timing that matters and not mine. So many things in our life we struggle with because we like our timing better than God's. But the fact is, he showed up to save the world at the right moment. And he will show up in your life to save you at the right moment. You see, because at the right moment, he calls. He calls us to him. It says in Romans 5, 6, for while we were still helpless at the right time, there it is again, at the right time, the fullness of time, the completion of time, when it's supposed to happen, when it's God-ordained, Christ died for the ungodly. Have you ever heard the story of the, the guy who's caught in a flood and sitting on a roof and, and he's praying to God? He can't get out. He's stuck. He's praying to God, God, please send somebody to help me. Please send somebody to help or please help me. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. And then somebody comes by in a boat and says, hey, I can take you to shore. And he goes, no, I'm waiting for God to come to come save me, and the guy in the boat leaves. And then a helicopter flies by and says, hey, I can pick you up, we can take you. No, I'm waiting for God to help me. And then he dies. Flood, dies in the flood, and he gets to heaven. He says, God, why didn't you help me? He goes, I sent a guy with a boat, and I sent a guy with a helicopter. Why didn't you get on? God, God calls us in a way that is sometimes unseen and certainly unexpected, but he will call you. He will call you out of the darkness. He will call you back to him if you're separated from him, but it may come through someone you did not expect it to come through. Again, as we will get into the later into Advent, Jesus was not what they expected, and yet he provides salvation to all 
I would, I would, I would caution all of us to be careful not to, not to be either ignorant or arrogant enough to say, uh, God, uh, the way I'm going to pick out the way you call me and the way you save me and the way you bring me back to you because it's got to fit my paradigm, my life, my calendar. If God is calling you, it is His calendar that matters and not yours. And He may call you in the middle of Walmart. He may call you in a gas station. He may reach out to you through a random phone call from somebody that you haven't talked to in 35 years. You never know. But what you should know is that He will call you when you when he, you need him. He will call. The question is, will we listen? Will we listen? Because there were plenty when Jesus came in the time of Christ that while he was busy calling, they were not listening. They refused to hear. Let us be people who have ears to let us hear. If you have been separated from God, I'm telling you, this might be a moment where he is calling you. If you haven't darkened the door of a church in six months and you happen to be here today, this might be a moment where he is calling you. If you're listening online, this might be a moment where he is calling you. Don't assume because it doesn't fit with what you think it will be or should be that it's not real. He is calling you. And that little part in your stomach that's making you nervous might be him. <laughs> Just might be him. Which brings us to our final point. Um, part of the, the miracle of the moment he picked and continues to pick in our lives because he will pick the right moment to call you. That right moment... He tells us that right moment might be now. It might be right now. And this is a blatant thing that I don't do a whole lot of times a year, but I, I really felt like I needed to this time around. I need to ask you bluntly and openly, you can ask poor James, I was asking him this morning, I said, James, have you been baptized? Because it's been on my heart the last several weeks. And he said, yeah. And I said, oh, good, you're off the hook. But if God is calling you, I really do think there is somebody in this room that God is calling to come to know him. Maybe, maybe you've drifted away from him. Maybe you haven't spent any time around him. Maybe you've lost sight of who he is. Maybe you've never known him at all. But I'm telling you, now may be that time. I really do think that. I, I, I can't get past it. I keep going back to the story of Acts, or Paul in the book of Acts, where he is someone who is against God, anti-God, and God blinds him and then takes him and heals him, and, and suddenly scales fall off Paul's eyes in Acts chapter 9. They fall off his eyes, and suddenly he goes from blind to seeing. It can happen like 
that. It can happen in a moment. And it can happen in that time when you are hurting, when you are down, when you are believing that, that there is no God or that, that God is against you or whatever that is. It can happen in an instant as it did for Paul. In an instant. And he keeps bringing me back to that. Because I really believe there's somebody in here whose life needs to change now. And now might be the right moment. It just might be. So I guess what I would close with is this. If God is moving in your heart right now, don't write it off as the wrong time. Don't write it off as the wrong way. Don't write it off as invalid or inappropriate or unnecessary because a gummy bear does not replace Jesus. Right? All right. Let's stand. So we we close every service with a time of music and a time of prayer. Uh, I have with me here today a list of prayers brought in by a number of our members. And I I just have to say... um, Carol Klein brought a, a card. I'm sorry, Carol. Brought, I'm, well, actually, I'm not sorry. Um, brought us a card that has a list of prayers for us to talk about with one another and to consider for one another. And can I just tell you how powerful a thing that is? How often do we have prayers that we do not bring to people because we think either they're not good enough or they might look down on us or they might, whatever that is, to have an open heart that says, whatever my prayer need or my concerns, whatever God is laying on my heart, I want your prayers for it. That's a powerful thing. And I hope that we can all be that open with one another. Ready? All right. So let's start off with Carol's needs. On December 2nd, Lenny Klein, their son, uh, went, to the, went to the hospital. They thought he was having a heart attack. Turns out he was having a heart blockage. Uh, he's on blood thinners now. He is home. Yes? Praise God for that. Kim Klein uh, had a, on December 2nd, he, she has a colonoscopy. We're praying for a clean colon, right? That's what we're praying for. Danny Perdue, Kim Klein's stepdad, is, has a knee replacement on December 3rd. It's a busy week. A chastity Klein, Covington. She has health needs. Uh, needs the Lord in her life every day as we all do. And she asks humbly, please pray for these people. They are very special to me in my heart. Thank you for all you do. God bless Gretna. And then missing you the last two Sundays, but the respiratory infection is better. Thank you for your prayers, right? Yeah, okay. And there's more. Dave McPherson has hurt his back. Yeah, okay. Prognosis, doctor later this week, or are we just waiting and seeing? Probably tomorrow. Okay. So let's pray for Dave and his back to get better. Melanie Easton has brought continued prayers for Elmer Easton. I talked to Jenna this morning. Elmer's getting a little better, but there's still a long road. Um, So let's pray for continued healing that he be released from the hospital. Uh, Scott Jackson brought a prayer for Jerry Davis. He passed away on Thanksgiving evening. Holly asked for prayers for the troops and for young Daryl. 
Jan Smith says, praise God, Tim got good report on Friday, right? Praise God for that. Y'all should clap. That's good stuff. Patty Elliott says, uh, Bill, his back cancer is doing good, but he's waiting for the nerves to grow back still, right? So we're praying for those to continue to heal. Bill Watkins is also at home with a hurt back. Yes? So let's pray for him. Deb Reefstall called me this morning. She ha uh, wants prayers for two things. One, Keith is home. Praise God for that. So he is home, but he is sore and he is tired and he is in continuing need of our prayers. So please continue to lift him up. I know he wants to be here badly um, and wants to be meeting with us again. So if you have opportunity to call him or pop in and bug him, please do. Please do. Deb has also asked for prayers for the Burchett family. Um, Stacy is a member here at the church too. Her, Stacy's cousin, um, Jamie, um, passed away last night from a heart attack. Very suddenly, totally unexpected. She was 53. Um, so please pray for Sam and for Stacy and their family. Please pray for them. They are in need of your prayers. It's going to be a lot to handle, a lot to deal with. And I would also like to ask for prayers in this, this season. As Again, we're, we're talking about Advent, but with the, the thank, time of Thanksgiving and the time of Christmas and all the holidays, we lost a number of people in and around our body of believers this year. And the holidays can often be very hard. And so I would ask for prayers for those people that their hearts be lifted. I would ask that we, if you have God's moving in your heart, an opportunity to reach out to some of those people who lost a loved one this year, um, the first holiday away can be difficult. And I would ask that you reach out to them, that you remember them in your prayers and that you keep them a little closer, invite them to functions, bring them into your life, engage them, remind them they are loved, right? Okay. Do we have any other prayers today? Gregory. I have a praise. Um, a couple months I prayed, I asked for prayer for a guy that I talked to online that was looking for a kidney transplant because his kidneys were failing I recently heard back from him after about two months and it's nothing. Yes. <laughs> he, his mother got good news. She's a match. She's a match. Praise so, God. Praise God for that. That's great. Praise God. God makes miracles happen. Yes, he does. Every day. My friend at school, her grandma, she got a heart operation a couple weeks ago and they still can't regulate her heartbeat. Okay. And what's your, what's her name? Julia. Julia is your friend? Julia's grandmother, a friend of Riley's at school, I'll get you in a second, uh, had a heart procedure done and they cannot regulate her heart. It's still out of whack, right? Okay, pray for that, yes. All the families involved in the shooting the night before Thanksgiving. All the families, yeah. There was a shooting in Fountain. if you didn't catch that in the news, the night before Thanksgiving. Um, one killed, one in critical condition, yes? He did he. Okay, so two have passed away and there are three teenagers and a young adult in jail right now for that murder. So we pray for everybody on both sides of that. That's just heartbreaking. Oh, wow. Oof. I imagine so. Yes, my dear. It's my daughter, by the way. Uh, Annie Palmer. Friend of our, a friend of our family's Annie Palmer was diagnosed with leukemia this past week. She had to drop out of college and come home for treatment to Indianapolis. So please pray for her. They're a wonderful family. Anybody else? I would just pray for our country. Okay. 
Lots of prayers for our country. Yes, please. We are very blessed to live where we do. Let, us, let the Lord's hand drop upon it. Right? All right, let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your son. We are thankful for his love and his strength. We're thankful that you sent him. When you did and the way you did, none of us could have predicted, but you did because you knew it was the right time and the right way, the right message, the right method. And for that, we are blessed beyond measure. Lord, as we go through this week, I pray that we will keep our hearts open to your call, that you can call us anytime, any place, and if we're listening, we will hear you. Pray that we will set aside our preconceived notions and ideas of, of how that call should work or look or feel and recognize that your wisdom is greater than our wisdom. Your ways are greater than our ways. And thankfully, your love is greater than ours. Lord, I pray for strength in this season, this time that is difficult on so many, when we hope it will be a time of joy as we anticipate the adventure that you have us on in the coming Christ. Father God, thank you for your strength, your mercy, and your grace. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.